Hello and welcome to Cousin Chat. Our chat today, you know, we always talk about what matters and there is a certain group of people that a lot of people don't know a lot about and that's the Gullah Geechee people. Now we are all, oh, today joining me for this chat, I have Kenyana. Kenyana, say hello to the people. Hello everyone. And I have Pazanta joining me. Pazanta, say hello to the people. Hello. And uh, yeah, this uh, particular topic, you know, there are a lot of people who don't know a lot about the Gullah people or the Geechee people or where they're from and or they know a little bit. And, you know, they, they may know it's, okay, part of the low country, you know, that's where you'll find the Geechee people. And, um, but there's a lot that people don't know. And I wanted to have this chat today because I know that both of you are very familiar with that area. You know, Kenyana, your roots Buford, Buford, South Carolina. My father, Buford, South Carolina. Brad's dad, Uncle Ivan, Buford, South Carolina. You know, and we did an episode talking about summers in Buford. And um, I was there, but I did not experience, quote unquote, the low country like you and Pazanta. So there are certain things that when certain, like Palmetto, like those people who are from that area, there's a certain image that already comes to mind. For me, not so much, you know what I mean? But I do know that being a part of this family, we are around Gullah all the time. You know, we even, um, our grandmother and aunts were co-founders of something called the Gullah Festival. You know, so it's very much in us. But for people who are not familiar with the Gullah culture, what can you share with them like right now to just kind of give them an idea of what that even means, Gullah? So Pazanta, you can go or Kenyana, you can go. Whoever wants to just speak first, just kind of enlighten the people a little bit about what Gullah is. Go ahead, Pazanta. Sure. Um, the Gullahs come from urban cities of uh, West Africa. And um, what it is, is that the when the Europeans wanted to rebuild a world over in the United States, they, they you know, went around the world and they saw that in on the west coast of Africa, that there were um, cities, two to three hundred cities, of urban um, uh, Africa that had walls built around them, around their cities. And um, some of the large cities would cover an area the size of Texas. Um, A single castle would cover like 640 acres. And then so what happened is that the cities had paved streets um, that were 300 feet wide, two-story buildings with glass windows. They had stores, they had colleges, churches, they had no police, they had no jails, and the cities were built to reflect the laws of God, nature, and man. So imagine, you know, that kind of city. And the family was the foundation of African cities and served to um, uh, to influence individual behavior, and that was their means of controlling the citizens. Well. What happened is that the Europeans saw this, these wonderful cities in West Africa, and they said, well, hey, you know, we have a lot of people, we, you know, we, we're trying to build a new country, a new place in America, even though they already knew who Amansa Musa, who had been 
you know, um, circumventing the uh, earth, you know, through his travels in his ships. He had already been to the United States. There were already, you know, Native American tribes, uh, Black Indians and so forth in the United States before the transatlantic slave trade. But the Europeans saw the cities that were in West Africa. So what they did, they, they sort of put the West Africans in charge of of um, overseeing the other slave blacks that they got from um, other European countries like Ireland, England, France, Spain, Italy. Um, and so what they would do, they would pick up uh, blacks in these European countries. They also uh, came down to South America, Barbados, Haiti, uh, Cuba, and also um, you know the Bahamas. And the language, the Gullah language, that's how it, it, it developed. Because let's say, for example, if, if I'm from North Carolina in the United States, but someone mm-hmm. says, Pazanta, I want you to teach um, the people that we're going to bring in from Italy, Spain, and, you know, uh, you know another country, you know, Germany, you know. Okay. Well, I speak English. So what's going to happen is if I'm trying to teach all of these people my way of life and how I, my technology, you know, how I built my schools and all sort of kind of stuff, then there has, there, there has to be a way that I can communicate with everyone from all these different countries. That's how Gullah, the, the, the language was developed because it was based on West African um, language. The language is coming out of West Africa, and um, and from Italy, uh, you know, Spain, um, Cuba, you know, the Bahamas. You know, and, and I'm sure you all, even at the Gullah Festival, you've met people that say, "Wow, you all sound like people in Jamaica." Mm-hmm. You know, the Gullah. Well, the Gullah sounds like you know somebody from Louisiana or somebody from West Africa. But that's because that there was a. Uh, a linguistic, a common linguistic thread that the, the slaves had to learn how to communicate with each other. So that's how that came about. And because the West Africans were the oh, pretty much the, the the head teachers, <laughs> you know, of course, I don't think the, the slave masters said that, but because they were the head teachers, then the culture from West Africa was embraced and kept by the slaves. In the low country area on the islands of Beaufort, then um, the there wasn't, because of the heat on the, the, the islands, then the whites would come over there, they would make sure that the slaves were doing the work that they were doing and then they would leave because it was too hot. Mm. So they were able to hold on to a lot of the, the West African you know, languages, the culture, um, you know, whether it's the herbology in terms of medicine or basket weaving or food or even the technology, then that is how the the Gullah culture uh, came about. And that's why it's so strong in the low country area. Okay. Yeah. I was going to ask you about the you know, basket weaving, like that's all a part of it. And then the fishermen and then, you know, yeah. the things that there is a, a an excellent, I don't know if it's opened again or not because of the pandemic, but the African-American Museum, 
in mm-hmm. DC, mm-hmm. there is a whole section on Gullah mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. Low Country and the Sea Islands, and they talk yeah. about the rice and you know mm-hmm. the. It, 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 and even though I have been hearing Gullah for years within the family, mm-hmm. I learned so much just looking at that exhibit. You know, it broke down. They had a Gullah Bible. Like I mean, it was just amazing like the things that I saw but I felt kind of bad because I'm like Donna you should know this stuff like this is your family you know what I'm saying this is the history of your family so I feel like you know if that's me and Gullah is a part of my family there have to be plenty of people who just have no clue of what Gullah is you know what I'm saying but that's why I wanted to do this chat so you know Mm -hmm. to kind of put it out there, give to people what it really is. Kenyana, what what would you like to say? Well, I was just going to say, but don't discount what you do know because it may be something very subconscious. You know, one of the things that I feel like, and it's culturally everywhere, I, I can't just say a, a Gullah Geechee thing, but there, you know, people, you'll hear people say you ain't black enough or you ain't Geechee enough, that kind of thing. Mm. And I would always, I will always contest that you know, everybody intersects with cultures in different ways, okay? So you may not remember, or even it may not be in the forefront of your mind, the rice dishes that you had when you came mm-hmm. during the summertime, because grandma made red rice. We had rice, I know, every day, okay? So <laughs> that, okay, we all know granddaddy had to have seafood for breakfast every yes. morning, okay? Mm-hmm. So we grew up with that, all of that, is Gullah and Geechee, okay? So from, and and you know, there's some, for some people it's the language, for some people it's the music room. Now we all know we can't discount the music in the family right. because we've got generations of musicians, okay? Um, we've got generations of teachers, you know, educators. But you know, for me, um, I, I didn't, you know, embrace being a teacher, but you ain't gonna, you ain't gonna outrice me. Okay, you're not gonna, you're not, I'm, you're not gonna do it. Um, you know, shrimp and grits. Okay, that's 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 my thing. And 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 the crazy thing is, every I go places, and if I see shrimp and grits on the menu, you know, I've got to try it just just to just to just see because. how good it is. Just because, you know, um, you know, it, it's you know, there you're gonna have people who are proficient or they, they they've been they weave baskets, you know, in their sleep. You know, uh, you know, we we crochet in our family, and you know, it's so everybody, different families do different things. It's just you know, I would say that's in every society. You know, every you you stick to your lane. You know, you're gonna have the teachers, you're gonna have the doctors. You know, we're the musicians, the educators. You know, the cooks. <laughs> so you know, this it, it may not be something that you think is gullah, but it is. You know, because okay. your daddy can cook. Your daddy, your daddy could burn. Okay, yeah, yeah. so <laughs> you know. So I mean, you know, come on. That so darn I, okra. I hate okra. <laughs> and I love it. I cannot stand <laughs> okra. Anyway, it's not but mush. I have, I have some. Um, I I have some gala uh, uh, sentences here, and I I'm a I can say it and see if y'all know what I'm saying. Oh boy, Lordy. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. Give me one. Okay. Okay. Who he is? Who is he? Mm-hmm. Hey, hey. Okay. Um, what's your name? What's your name? Come on. What's you gotta name? come harder than that. But see, see. Hey, okay. Wait. See. Okay. 
Now um, you might know Pazanta if I say, we must be fooling her. <laughs> right, you must be crazy. Right, right. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Isn't he? He's crazy, isn't he? Man, Because and, and that's the crazy <laughs> thing. There are times when I, in my life, I'm walking around and I will, depending on the emotion, because y'all know, I, like Dave on once mentioned, I go from zero to sixty. No, there I are times where I'll go. Well, there you go. Well, <laughs> I will go from English to Gigi, depending on the mood. And it, 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 it well, it depends. That's interesting. Depends on okay. the, what happens. If I'm mad enough, untie your mouth. Open your mouth. <laughs> Let's talk. Like and speak. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> untie so your like, mouth. Untie. Unfortunately, last year we will not able. We were not able to have the Gullah Festival. When, uh, in May of 2020, we usually have the festival Memorial Day weekend, and we were not able to have it because of the pandemic. But for those people who have never been to the festival, there is a poem that Pazanta can read for you. She's gonna read for that now. And it will give you an idea of what the festival was like. So if you've never been, now if you know me, you know that's where I would go every Memorial Day weekend. I didn't care what was going on. You, I would be in Beaufort, South Carolina at the Gullah Festival, getting the vendors together, you know, and just having a good time with family. But if you've never been, these words that you're about to hear will probably help give you an idea of what it's like to experience the Gullah Festival. Uh, Pazanta, if you would, you can read your poem now, please. Okay. The name of this poem is called The Festival, the Gullah. I hear rhythms in the wind blowing through my skin, sending chills and thrills, carrying me within to universal beginnings which soulfully danced its manifesting self into existence. Through the sun-kissed, burnt skins, humans, children of the gods, yes, they were here at the very beginning. God fashioned hair for royal crowns, which we wore and wear so beautifully at the Gala Festival. I see smiles so warm here, glowing and sparkling as the sun as it dances on ocean's waves and ripples, warm wet rays blossoming chrysanthemums and picturesque African greenery. I see home again at the Gala Festival. What's that sound? Where's it coming from? Do I hear ritualistic drum calls on the fanfares from the motherland? Yes, I hear the drum calls echoing over the waterfront waves at the Gala Festival. I smell seasonings hot and spicy, sweet and tempting, cooking through soulful delicacies made for my taste bud, buds, leaving me no resistance and tearing down all barriers that once stopped me from indulging, that once stopped me from being myself. I am free. I can be my soulful and expressive me at the Gullah Festival. Come join the love, the fun, and the celebration of ourselves. We Gullah and we proud. Bright colors slapping in the wind. Garments and jewelry and crafts to begin. Music with jazz and drums to tremor your soul. Storytellers, dancers, the African legacy made whole. Come home and rest. Lay your burdens aside. You'll see why the universe smiles on. The Gullah Festival. 
Thank you so much for that, Pizanta. That um, poem is from her book, The Gathered Petals, The Poetic Life of a Gullah Yamasi Woman. That poem created such great imagery and, you know, hopefully one day we will get back to what we knew as the Gullah Festival and those who were never able to experience it will be able to, you know, but right now, let's just reminisce. And for those of you who have never been there after hearing that poem, you got a chance to experience it through her words. So um, thank you so much for hanging with us today. You know, I um, just want to tell you, if you want to follow us, do that on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can listen to all podcast episodes on CousinChat.com. That's C-U-Z-N-C-H-A-T dot com and subscribe you know so you never miss an episode but our takeaway for today is really just to you know embrace your culture whatever that culture is embrace it and never be ashamed of it and learn about it and um, as far as the Gullah culture is concerned um, it's here to stay and it's our job you know for people like Myself, Kenyana, Pizanta, we come from a family where the Geechee pride is strong. And so we just want you to, continue, you know, learn about, learn about the um, Gullah culture. If you want to learn more about the Gullah Festival, you can go to OriginalGullahFestival.org and learn about the history of it. Learn about its co-founders. And Pizanta is actually a past president of the Gullah Festival. So, you know, it's really a rich culture and there's so much to learn and um i just really thank you guys for having this chat with me today is there anything you want to add to the takeaway and i will say very quickly you know when you talk about immersing yourself in the culture you want to learn about the gola culture well any culture i would say learn about the the food you you can learn a lot Mm. from food um so if you get a chance to try some uh, you know, shrimp and grits or some hop and john or some red rice. Um, you know, that's 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 some good eating right there. Y'all can try that. Yeah. Yes. Right. Hop and John. Hop yes. and John. Yes. Brad made a t-shirt <laughs> with that on it. He made one with shrimp and grits and hop and john. So thank you all again for hanging with us today. So I'm Donna. I'm Kenyana. I'm Pazanta. And until we come back to our next chat, just think about all of that. You guys Have a great day. Love you all. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Bye.